You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast in association with the Limadine Bible Reading Plan and Charles River Church. To have your own copy of this reading plan sent straight to your inbox, you can sign up at charlesriver.lmd.church. For more information about Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Hey, welcome to Bible Chunks, where we read through the Bible in the chunks, or sections based on themes that it was designed to be read in, so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name's Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today we'll be reading 1 Corinthians 8.1 through 11.1, 74 verses today. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possesses knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know it as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there's no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. However, not all possesses this knowledge, but some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We're no worse off if we do not eat it, and no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating it in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I'll never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not you my workmanship in the Lord? If to others I'm not an apostle, at least I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. This is my defense to those who would examine me. We do, not have the right, do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord in Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit? Or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Is it for the oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak for our sake? It was written for our sake because the plowman should plow in hope and the thresher thresh in hope of sharing in the crop. If we've sown spiritual things among you, is it too much if we reap material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do not eat we even more? Nevertheless, we've not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. 
Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple? And those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings. In the same way, the Lord commanded that those who proclaim this gospel should get their living by the gospel. But I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. For I'd rather die than have anyone deprive me of the ground for boasting. For if I preach the gospel, that gives me no ground for boasting. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if not of my own will, I'm still entrusted with the stewardship. What then is my reward? That is my preaching I may present the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. For though I am free from all, I've made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not myself being under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I might share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that a race, that in a race the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I don't run aimlessly. I do not box the air as, as one beating in the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as an example for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for us as instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he'll also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to a sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread. We who are one body, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagan sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. 
You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good but the good of his neighbor. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you're dispossessed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your conscience, but his. For why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of that for which, it give, which I give thanks? So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Here in this section, Paul is addressing um, a bit of a controversy in the Corinthian church as they are trying to figure out how to be one church body while having different dietary restrictions because the Jews have certain dietary restrictions that the Gentiles don't have. And, and when uh, people eat meat that has previously been sacrificed to idols, it's violating some consciences. And uh, Paul has to address that. And his number one law that he gives is love. It's I lay down my rights in order to put the needs and, and the conscience of the other ahead of my own. Because that's what Christ did. Christ laid down his rights. As the king of the universe, as the, the God-man, he, he comes to earth, sets aside his glory, steps into human flesh, and lays aside his rights in order to suffer and die for sinners. And so Paul, taking a page out of Christ's book, continually dies to himself. Yeah, he, he knows that, that idols are nothing. He knows that there are no gods but God. But he also knows that the things that people offer to, to idols are, are not offered to gods, but they are offered to demons. And so he knows that he is free to eat whatever meat as long as he eats it uh, in, with a thankful heart to the Lord. But he also knows that he could create a, a stumbling block. His, his freedom could create a stumbling block for those who are weaker in the faith or those who are outside of the faith. And the last thing that Paul wants to do is create any stumbling blocks for anybody, for, for a less mature believer or for somebody who would have otherwise come into the church. Paul's priorities are others facing. He is mature enough. He is... Uh, self-assured enough he is uh, he, he is his faith is full enough he knows who he is in Christ enough he knows why he exists enough to put his needs aside in order to put the needs of the other ahead of his own 
and that's this whole section. He's responding to a lot of the questions that came to him uh, through most likely a letter that was written to him from the Corinthians. And he's responding, yes, all things are lawful to you guys, but not all things build up. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. So don't seek your own good, but the good of your neighbor. And so he, he makes a decision. He says, eat whatever you want, whatever's sold in the meat market, just eat it. But if somebody then comes to you and says, you know, that was sacrificed to an idol, and for the sake of his conscience, saying, oh, okay, well, I won't eat it then. Now, if you're alone and your conscience isn't violated, you're free to eat it. So it's not a deceptive practice, even though you are changing your behavior around others. It's a, a practice done in love. It's not done in order that you might get away with something in private that you can't get away with in public. That's deception. But by putting the, the love of the other ahead of our own, we say, all right, I won't do that right here in front of you if it's going to bother your conscience. And so as we wrap up today, I'd ask you to consider what does this section of scripture tell us about who God is? Oh, before, I'm sorry, I, I didn't even get into, like, Paul, Paul goes all the way back to them wandering in the wilderness and and, um, and and Paul says that I don't want you to be uninformed all of these all of Israel they, they they were baptized into the same baptism talking about going through the, the the Red Sea they all ate the same spiritual food that manna and they all drank the same spiritual drink the water from the rock nevertheless with most of them God wasn't pleased because even though they did the thing their heart was far from God and so Paul's kind of tying it into the, the motivation has been there all along. God's, God's heart is towards our heart, not our external actions, but our motivations in those actions. And so as we wrap up today, I'd ask you to consider what does this section tell us about who God is and what he's like? What does it tell you about yourself? And then finally, what was it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up while we were reading? Take those thoughts, turn them into prayers, and we'll be right here again tomorrow. Until then, God bless you.